the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. I really promise y'all I will not be here a lot and keep y'all really late, and I'm doing that on purpose because I, I really could talk longer. But uh, I wanted to do something on purpose because I know that when... Can everybody hear me? Because I know that when you listen to speakers, you know, there's statistics about those things that you don't even remember, you know, anywhere near half of what they said and all of that. And so I have something to pass out because it's really just a small thing that you can stick in your Bible probably, but big enough to see uh, and big enough to read. And I've got it. Uh, stuck in my Bible, very small, a very small piece of paper of it, so I'm going to get myself a big one of it also. Uh, But I want us to go ahead and pray right quick. Uh, Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus for this time together, and we just ask you to bless it and ask you to just have come out of me just what and how you need to come out of me and, and us to remember what we need to remember and retain from it to do good for us in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, I know some of y'all don't know me very well. Uh, I don't know some of y'all very well. I'm so glad our church is growing well. Um, But um, I've been going here since the very second, Van reminded me, the very second service that we had of Spirit of Life Church. Uh, And my son, who just turned 31, was one and something, you know, when, uh, when we first started going. And I sat in the nursery then with him all the time then. And, and so I do, you know, literally know uh, everybody who's been coming since the very beginning. Um, and uh, so I used to tell Zoe and her brother and all, I certainly knew them before they were born because I knew their parents before they were married. You know, uh, I knew Lisa and Tim Tubbs before they were married, you know, um, and, and have taught the kids growing up, you know. Uh, but I really wanted to just do something really just kind of pointed um, so that hopefully y'all could really just remember um, um, the important part of this that I want to get through to y'all. And I had, uh, as I know, Mary Anita has heard me say, if you of y'all have heard me say, I had the most wonderful pastor growing up. And I grew up, I was not ever wild person, was not ever colorful, and not, you know, um, I, I was not, I did not do a lot of things that I could have a big, long, uh, uh, testimony about, but I had the most wonderful pastor when I was growing up who, uh, spoke to three little country churches every Sunday morning. And, uh, it was really out in the country and we did not have any other services, but on Sunday morning, but he would go to those three every Sunday morning and he talked on uh, we didn't. It was a Methodist church. We didn't know anything about speaking in tongues or anything else, but we didn't know it for a long time. But he went down to Florida and got speaking in tongues and things, and later on, and so we found out. But he knew he couldn't bring it back to our Methodist churches at that time. You know what I mean? Uh, but 
he was such a man of God. And uh, what the thing I want to get get uh, over to y'all tonight is from a book called Disciplines of a Godly Man by R. Kent Hughes. I didn't know who he was. I looked him up a little bit. But my pastor was an absolutely a godly man. And he taught not on little parts out of the Bible, but he would teach, he would take a section, a little section of the Bible, and he would teach on it week after week after week and trying to get these poor little country people, you know, to catch on to what he was talking about. And um, uh, he was uh, 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 such a godly man. This Kent Hughes, who, who wrote this, that uh, I got from Beth Moore. Uh, I listened to Pe Beth Moore on one time, and I stopped my TV and wrote this down. And I didn't know who this person was, but Kent Hughes is, has uh, written some best-selling books. He's been in the pastoral ministry for over 40 years. He was a senior pastor at College Church in Wheaton, Illinois. He has been a professor of practical theology in a seminary in, in uh, Philadelphia. His wife has a booklet called 10 Disciplines of a Godly Woman, which I'm sure, which I need to be getting. But so he's written a book called Disciplines of a Godly Man. And... Um, this is really just about the importance of the word. Uh, I could give y'all a lot of examples, and I'm sure a lot of you could too, on the uh, profound changes that can be made if we uh, read the word and believe the word and take the word for being, you know, what you know. God said he reveres his word above his name. And I'm sure some of us have heard some of the teachings on all the names of God and what they mean and how powerful they are. And he uh, wants us to revere his name, his word above his name. And I just want to give three little examples right quickly of somebody who did take God's word uh, and had some profound things happen to them. Uh, but this is what uh, the the saying that I, the, uh, that I copied from... Uh, Pastor Hughes, and the uh, beginning of it says, you cannot have a Christian mind without reading the scriptures because, and this is the rest of it, and this is what I want you to remember, and I want to give all y'all a copy of, you cannot be profoundly changed by that which you do not know. That is so simple, but it is so profound, and that's what I wanted to give y'all all a copy of. That's what I really want you to remember from tonight. Uh, my examples are just really, they are really profound to me. But they, uh, the first one is, Mary Nita's probably was in that meeting, but Brother Shambach, if anybody's old enough to know who, who Brother Shambach was, uh, was really powerful and colorful man of God who really believed the word and had signs following and he was in a service one time where he got, where a teenage, young teenage guy got born again and got on fire for God. And somehow he made an impact on Brother Shambach, who maybe he was doing like a revival series or something there. And the next, the, uh, one night then he asked where that man was. He was missing that, that guy. Well, they said he was in jail. They found out he was in jail, if you can believe this, because he went to the local hospital and was going to every floor, emptying out the floors, people got healed. Because this young man dared to believe what God said about healing. 
So in that one little period of time, that young man, who we wouldn't even be brave enough to do that, and we've been in the Word for how many years, and he went out and profoundly changed a lot of people's lives all in one day. And it caused such an uproar and everything, they put him in jail. And the next one is Pastor Reinhard Bonnke. I'm sure some of you must know. Um, this was not even part of his ministry, but, you know, he's, he, he um, speaks to millions of people, and mostly in Africa, it seems, and has, has, uh, um, so, has won so many souls to the Lord. His father was a pastor in Germany, I believe, during World War II, or before World War II. And, but, but this doesn't really concern him, but uh, some of you may have heard about a pastor in Africa who died in a car wreck, or some kind of accident, his wife would not accept that he was dead. He, she knew that he had more that God wanted him to do, and she brought his body to the basement of the church where Pastor Bonke was going to be preaching. He got raised up from the dead that night, and Pastor Bonke didn't even know he was there. He was in the basement, and his wife just believed, and he was raised from the dead. And the, the last one is, then um, this is the very condensed version, and we can make a copy of that if anybody wanted this, but this is a very condensed version, so I can just tell you quickly. This is from, I know, I'm just, you can tell how old I am, because I, I'm, all these people, I know. Corey Ten Boom, as some of you may know, she was probably in her 30s, I believe, a well-grown woman when she was in Nazi prison camps in World War II. And... Uh, so when she wrote these books later, in one of her books, uh, there's a short story about someone who uh, dared to believe what God had said and the profound impact it had on him. She says, many people came to know and trust the Lord during World War II. One was an Englishman who was held in a German prison camp for a long period of time. And one day he read Psalm 91, which I'm sure some of them had hidden you know, parts of the Bible in there uh, because the Nazis certainly wouldn't have let them have them if they had known. And he read Psalm 91, and he said, Father in heaven, he prayed, I see all these men dying around me one after another. Well, I also have to die here. I'm still young, and I very much want to work in your kingdom here on earth. And he felt the Lord speak to him. She just says he received his answer. Rely on what you have just read and go home. Well, he was in a Nazi prison camp. Trusting in the Lord, he got up and walked to the corridor toward the gate, and a guard called out to him, Prisoner, where are you going? He said, I am under the protection of the Most High. The guard came to attention and let him pass because Adolf Hitler was known as the Most High. <laughs> he came to the gate where a group of guards stood, and they commanded him to stop and ask where he was going. Again, he said, I am under the protection of the Most High. They all stood at attention as he walked out the gate. He made his way through the German countryside and finally reached England where he told how he had made his escape. He was the only one to come out of that prison alive. He just took that from reading Psalm 91 and believing that. And to me, that is just one of the most amazing things, like the stories you may have heard about, you know, people trying to go into communist countries and their Bibles, and the Bibles are there, and the people don't see the Bibles, and things because God is trying to get his word out. 
and how amazing his word is? Well, I wanted to give everybody a copy of these, and we should we should have enough. This is I, I just was trying to make this big enough to see. Thank you. I was trying to make them big enough for you to see, and that but you can stick in your Bible and not make it a whole big page, and you you know have to fold it up and all. So you cannot be profoundly changed by that which you do not know. So obviously I'm wanting you to remember this more if you don't remember anything else. Um, there were <clears throat> the two worst times of my life, and I'm not going to just really read a lot of these, uh, but I'm going to uh, just kind of skip over some of these things. As my grandmother, so I know my grandmother would be so proud, uh, my grandmother taught the Sunday school to the older people in our little church. And she loved Corey Ten Boom and uh, read everything she did, I believe. Um, but in the two worst times of my life, one of them was financially that happened a few years ago. And one of them was mentally that really happened even more recently. I know that prayers of people who did know uh, helped get me through it. Uh, but these words, the Lord led me to some places in Psalms, and I know we all know Psalms are known for their comfort. Um, they're also great uh, places in Psalms for aiding you in attacks, whether it's attacks from people or whatever. And I say these things, and, and the Word will say, and this, this is just in the King James, the Word will say, you know, of enemies and things, and I'm saying, you know, I, I say these things out loud, and and I've, you know, been going through these for months and months. This last thing has not ended yet, but I believe the Lord's taking care of everything, and I'm trusting in Him to do it, and that it's going to have the right end, and He's taking care of me through it. Um, but that the real enemy is not the people. You know, one of them's actually my own brother. But these are not the real enemies that we know who the real enemy is. But mostly it's in the Psalms in the 30s, but there's, there's a little bit in Psalm 17 and Psalm 18. where um, that, And they, the importance of the word, um, my pastor spoke from Psalm 119, and which is by far the longest of the Bible, of the Psalms, it's 176 verses, and it's like in sections. And he spoke in this one section, starting with, Oh, how love I thy law. It is my meditation all the day. So I, I think I could quote that and quote the whole thing uh, over and over. But the entire chapter of that is about how important the Word is and how I love your law and how I love your Word and, and what the Word does for him. Uh, and it just goes on and on with that for 176 verses. And Psalm 17 and 18, I would talk to the Lord and tell him to, is it says, show thy marvelous loving kindness. Uh, keep me as the apple of your eye from the wicked that oppresses me, from deadly enemies that can pass me about. Um, Psalm 18, I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. Uh, I will call on you who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. 
The sorrows of death compassed me, and the floods of ungodly men made me afraid. And it, that one goes on with, he sent from above, he took me and drew me out of many waters. He delivered me from my strong enemy and from them which hated me, for they were too strong for me. He delivered me from my enemies. He, or, yeah, you lift me up above those that rise up against me. You've delivered me from the violent man or from the violence. Uh, then with, starting with Psalm 34, I would tell the Lord, as it says, David said in here, plead my cause, O Lord, with them that strive with me. Fight with against them that fight against me. Take hold of shield and buckler and stand up for my help. Draw out your spear and stop the way against them that persecute me. Say to my soul, I am thy salvation. And as my pastor would always say, salvation means salvation, healing, and deliverance. Covers all of that. Let them be confounded and put to shame that seek after my soul. Let them be turned back and brought to confusion that devise my hurt. Without cause, they have hid for me their net in a pit. Without cause, they have digged for my soul. And this really did apply to me. Let destruction come on, and I not want destruction for those people, but on the enemy, the real enemy, it says, Let his net that he has hid catch himself. And into that very destruction, let him fall. We do have power over the enemy in case anybody doesn't know yet. We are justified. We are righteous, even no matter what sins we have been committing. But we are made righteous in his sight. And the enemy is the enemy that with, with us believing the word and his power, we can get the enemy gone. Let them be ashamed and brought to confusion together that rejoice at my hurt. Let them be clothed with the shame and dishonor that magnify themselves against me. Really, the real enemy. Let them shout for joy, that's me, and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Let me say continually, let the Lord be magnified, which has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. That's me. That's you. And my tongue shall speak of your righteousness and of your praise all the day. They shall be abundantly satisfied with the fatness of your house and make pleasure, make them drink of the river of thy pleasures. With you is the fountain of life, and in your light shall we see light. The workers of iniquity are fallen. They are cast down and not able to rise. Fret not thyself, I'm telling myself that, because of evil evildoers. Don't be envious against the workers of iniquity, because they're going to be cut off. Trust in the Lord and do good. As you know, those trust in the Lord, delight yourself in the Lord, commit your way unto the Lord. That's in Psalm 37. Um, the wicked shall perish, and the enemies of the Lord shall be as the fat as lambs. They're going to be consumed into smoke. They'll be consumed away. And I kept saying these things over and over and over. And the enemy is not winning. And I am not distressed. And I am not under stress. And I am believing God. He is taking care of me. There is a, um, a wonderful book uh, called Sparkling Gems that 
is a devotional, daily devotional, that takes things from the Greek, and so he really just expounds on that. And one of the things, and he gives a whole, like, week before Easter, which I know is different times of the year, but you can find out in the book where it is. Uh, The whole week before Easter, he goes through the steps of Jesus' uh, path to the cross, and one of the first ones is, uh, and I have those two, the two in the Greek words that mean the most to me from that entire book, Um, and... um, when Jesus was in the garden and the, the guards were coming to take Jesus and it was not time yet, if y'all remember that, you know, uh, they came and were asking, you know, who was Jesus, where was Jesus? And he said in the Greek, you know, in our Bibles, it, you know, Jesus says, I am he. In the Greek, it just says that he just says, I am. And we know where he got that from God in the Old Testament, the I am. In his in the Sparkling Gems book, um, he tells that when Jesus said those words, that those soldiers, armed soldiers, fell backwards as if they were dead from the words Jesus brought out of his mouth. I am really just wanting you to get that we have the most powerful weapon that there is, and we all take it for granted, but you cannot be profoundly changed by that which you do not know. You cannot get the help you need. You cannot get the answers you need. Uh, you're, we're all looking for a lot of different things, and... We cannot get the real help we need or know how powerful it is if we don't get in there and we can have find out profound changes that can take place. But as my pastor uh, was the first one I ever heard uh, bring it out about um, my people perish for lack of knowledge, he was trying to get that through to us. If we, you know... The things that we are ignorant of can sometimes really take us down, can't they? And he just wants us to know how we can get profound answers and get profoundly changed. So that's, sorry, that's what I was really just trying to get across, so I did not want to speak for a long time, so I have no idea how long that was. But, but, um, did we have enough for everybody? Oh. So we- Thanks for listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church.